Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you to the start of our study of First Kings in Drive Time Devotions. As we walk through First Kings, we're going to see how God can work in the realities of your daily life, helping you to understand what to do, giving you wisdom, giving you direction, giving you leadership. There's also a couple of books that are about the kind of miracles that God wants to work in our lives, the kind of leadership that you can give into our daily lives. There are also books that are filled with warnings about what it means to go the wrong direction, but also the greatness of what it means to go the right direction in life. As we look through uh, these two books, as usual in our Old Testament books, which are longer, instead of going a chapter a week, we're going to go mostly a chapter a day as we go through uh, First and Second Kings, looking at the lives of uh, Solomon and of Elijah and Elisha and all the uh, kings of Israel, the, the great kings of Israel and the not-so-great kings of Israel. As we start out in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 1, if you've just come into this from studying First and Second Samuel, you know that David is dying, and in this first chapter, David's dying, Israel needs a new king, it's a time of transition. And one of the big questions of this first chapter is, how do they get the right person in charge? We're going to see this happen in the first few chapters of this book. As you look at this principle, how do you get the right person in charge? There's an application here for ministries and companies, families, anybody that has leadership issues, making sure you have the right person in charge, especially if your ministry or your company is changing leadership. There are real principles here for you in how to walk through that. But there's also a personal application here because the truth is I need the right person in charge of my life. You need the right person in charge of your life. We need Jesus in charge. So how do you get Jesus in charge of your life on a daily basis? We're going to look at both of those applications as we walk through this today, but we're going to focus on the second one. How do you get Jesus in charge of your life on a daily basis? Wouldn't you like to feel more in charge in a sense of your own life, your responsibilities, your finances, your job, your family, your emotions? How do you take charge of your life? By putting Jesus in charge of your life. That's the simple way that it happens. And there's some simple principles here in 1 Kings chapter 1 for how that happens in our lives. In 1 Kings 1 and 2, Solomon is led by God to take charge of an entire kingdom. And the circumstances and the advice that you see here gives you and I some important clues about how we can allow Jesus to and allow Jesus to continue to be in charge of our lives. Three simple principles we're going to look at together. Principle number one is you have to quickly get rid of the pretenders. Quickly get rid of those who would pretend to be in charge, pretend to be capable of being in charge. Listen to what happens in the beginning in verse 5 down through verse 10 of 1 Kings chapter 1. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready and 50 men to run ahead of him. His father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome, and he was born next after Absalom. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Zariah, and with Abiathar the priest, and then they gave him their support. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, Shemai and Ray and David's special guard did not join Adonijah. Adonijah then sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves at the stone of Zorothel near El-Rogal, and he invited all of his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah who were royal officials. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet of Benaiah or the special guard or his brother Solomon. So here's this brother, this older brother of Solomon, deciding he's going to take charge. He decides it's for him to do. Nobody had ever told him not to do anything, these verses say. So he just decides, I'm going to be the one. And he was a pretender to the throne. God had chosen Solomon. He's already said that, but he's pretending that he's going to be in charge. Adonijah here maneuvers and positions and conspires to be in charge. 
There's a basic truth here. Wherever there is a throne, someone will conspire, someone will clamor to sit upon it. Many times the wrong person. In a business, the wrong person will try to take charge, motivated by pride or hurt or money or whatever. Same thing can happen in a ministry, even in a family if somebody isn't taking charge. It's also true in your personal life. In your personal life, if you don't recognize that Jesus is the one who has to take charge, there's this throne in every one of our lives, in our hearts, and someone else is gonna try to take charge. The pretenders to the throne of your heart, they are your emotions, letting them take charge instead of Jesus, or your sense of self-image, what other people think of you, or money, or desires. Any God-given desire can be twisted to gain control of your life. It can become the throne of your life, what guides your life. Pleasing other people can be the most important thing in your life. It can be the thing that guides and controls your life. The ultimate pretender is Satan. He pretended that he could take God's throne in heaven, and he was thrown out of heaven for it. And he's been looking for thrones to sit upon ever since he was cast out. He's trying to sit on the throne of your life through one of these things. And Solomon's example is very clear in these verses. You have to haul off the pretenders. He very clearly deals with his brother Adonijah. He very clearly shows that he is the pretender and shows himself to be king. If you don't decide who's gonna be in charge, other things will inevitably quietly slide in to take charge. If you're to be in charge of a situation, a family, a business, a ministry, you gotta get the pretenders out of the way. You have to do it in the right kind way. You're not gonna do it like King Solomon did here. He did it a little bit differently than we might in today's world. But you are going to patiently make sure that people know who's in charge, who's supposed to be the leader. Same thing's true of your heart. If you don't make a choice about who's gonna be in charge of your life, a clear choice that Jesus, the one who's meant to be in charge, these other things are gonna slip in. They try to do it all the time. This is a constant choice you have to make to haul off the pretenders, to get them out of the way, off of the throne of your life. Selfishness is not controlling my life. Jesus is the one I want to control my life. First step, get rid of the pretenders. Quickly, as quickly as you can. Second step is you have to clearly recognize the leader. You can't just hope somebody's gonna know who the leader is. You have to recognize the leader very clearly. Listen to how this happens beginning in verse 28 down through verse 35. Then King David said, call in Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. And the king then took an oath, as surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me. He will sit on my throne in my place. And then Bathsheba bowed low with her face to the ground and kneeling before the king said, may my Lord King David live forever. King David said, call in Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And when they came before the king, he said to them, take the Lord's servants with you and set Solomon my son on my own mule and take him down to Gion. And there have Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, long live King Solomon. Then you're to go up with him and he's to come and sit on my throne and to reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. There is no doubt here when you hear what David says. He clearly recognizes the leader. You announce it out loud. You recognize who is in charge. You don't just haul off the pretenders. You haul out the trumpets. You blow them loud and clear, and you let everybody know. Nathan recognizes a problem here. Solomon should be in charge, and he brings it to David, and because of that, David takes all of these actions. He appoints Solomon as the ruler. Now, in your 
life, in my life, you have the opportunity to appoint Jesus as ruler of your life every day with every decision and every attitude. Jesus, your Lord. And then Nathan anoints Solomon as king. David asked him to do that. It was the priest's duty to recognize God's hand upon a new king's life, on a new king's rule in your life, in my life. Part of making Jesus the king in your life is to recognize that he has anointed your life for a special purpose. He's anointed you to make a difference in this world. And then that news was announced to everyone. You don't say, Jesus Christ, I want you to be the Lord of my life, and then don't tell anybody. What does that mean? That means you don't really mean it. It means you don't really want to live it. You're leaving yourself an out if nobody else really knows. You think, if I tell everybody, then they're going to look at me when I make a mistake and say, well, you're sure not a perfect Christian. Well, just announce it from the beginning. Hey, I'm not a perfect Christian. I'm going to make some mistakes, but Jesus is the Lord of my life, and he's going to be growing my life the rest of my life. You don't have to announce your perfection. Please don't do that because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But you can announce who your Lord is, who your leader is. Jesus is the Lord. So you announce it clearly. And then the third thing that you do for leadership to happen is you have to daily depend on God. You quickly get rid of the pretenders. You clearly announce the leader. And then daily, you depend on God. Listen to what happens in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, this exchange between David and Solomon. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, show yourself to be a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements, as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. David brings his son Solomon in, and he brings this final charge to him as someone who's going to be serving God. He says, if you're going to serve God, you have to trust God. You cannot serve God apart from that trust. When you look at your life, when you and I talk about how you and I get the right person in charge of our life. It's not a one-time decision. It is a one-time beginning to begin a relationship with Christ, but then it's a daily decision to trust him in that relationship. And in this simple charge that David gives to his son, there's advice for my life, your life, every day of our lives. Be strong, he says. You need the Lord's strength. If you're gonna live the Lord's will for your life, you need his strength. Don't fool yourself. If you're going to take up Christ's leadership in your life, it's going to require more strength than you have. You're going to need his strength. And then David says, listen to what the Lord requires. You need God's direction. What direction do you want me to go, Lord? And many times that's going to come through his word or through other believers, through an impression that the Holy Spirit brings into your heart. You need God's direction to live out God's decision for your life. And then he says, you need to be wise. And twice in verses six to nine, David recognizes Solomon as a man of wisdom as he tells him how to deal with his enemies. You need God's wisdom in your life. And in fact, we're gonna focus on that need for God's wisdom these next few days. It's one of the hallmarks of Solomon's life, how that wisdom needs to be a part of my life. When you get down to chapter two, verse 12, the Bible says Solomon was the king of Israel. He's definitely in charge. But in this dual look at this, how do you put the right person in charge of a business? I wanna end by looking at the second thing we've been looking at all the way through. How do you make sure that Jesus is in charge of your life? And I just ask you, is Jesus definitely in charge right now? If he's not, you can 
you can recognize his strength, his power. You can recognize that he is the one that's to be in charge. Let's do that together right now in prayer. Just say, Jesus, you're the one in charge. Jesus, you're the Lord. There is nothing else, no one else who has my best interest at heart, who loves me like you do, who knows eternity like you do, who has a plan for my life like you do. But Lord, I don't want to try to be in charge of what you're doing in my life. I know that you're the one that needs to be in charge. So I recognize you as the Lord, as the leader of my life. And I pray, I pray for your strength. I pray for your direction. And I pray for your wisdom. I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 